When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. We're presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from CHGO Locker. That's two grand and free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet using that code CHGO. I'm Jay Zawoski over there, Mario Cherubasi. Greg Boysman will join us later from the United Center where he was reporting on the game, and the Hawks lose 3-2 to the Arizona Coyotes in overtime. Jonathan Taves is honored uh, for his 1,000th game. We had Chris Vosters named as a replacement for Pat Foley today. There is a ton to get to so on this show. We've got Tyson Nash going off about players being too skilled and deserving to be punched for it. He filled his diaper once again. And then following up with even worse comments, if that was even possible. So we've got a lot to get to. Let's do it quickly and make sure we get everything covered. Takeaways from a game between two bad teams. Mario, your thoughts. Well, the good news <laughs> is that the uh, the Blackhawks lost in overtime, so they get a point, so they are technically still alive. They can do it. For the Western Conference playoffs. But, uh, yeah, a loss in regulation would have uh, finally put the, the the nail in the coffin of their uh, playoff hopes for this year. But, I mean, that's that's already that's already been been driven through. Yeah, I, 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 you know, this is a game where they they score early on in the first period. Dylan Strom gets the uh, gets the opening goal, his twentieth of the year. That's, I believe, a career high. It is, yes. Um, you know, it's 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 a great start, and then the second period just kind of puts them puts them in a hole, and they, you know, against the Coyotes team that. You know, there's not many teams in the league that the Blackhawks can say this against, but it's like this is a team that you should be beating. This yes. is a team that you shouldn't have to worry about, you know, having to have a comeback, having to, you know, fight for overtime, anything like that. You know, they get the game-tying goal from from uh, um, Patrick Kane. Uh, you know, it's they get to the overtime period. Kevin Lankinen saves them a couple of times. And then so does Debrinket, and and so, yeah, so does so yeah. does Debrinket as well. And then yeah, it's just it, one of the stupidest ways you can lose. Uh, the puck goes in off of Jonathan Tay's skate, so he does eventually. You oh. said get the game-winning goal, but uh, just for the wrong team. Of all people, for that to happen right. to on this night, uh, turning to Pat Boyle there on this night, uh, that's brutal. That is a brutal yeah. thing, a brutal way for the game, and very similar to the Buffalo loss, where it's like, come on, how fluky, right? Can it be? And uh, the bounces you know, have not been favorable. You mentioned that Arizona is a team the Hawks should beat, but the Hawks are pretty much Arizona. When you look I, at it, yeah, I mean they're pretty similar teams, and you know the Hawks play in a better division, that's for sure. Or they're, they're in the same division. Same division. Start, Someday I'll remember that. <laughs> that but started. It, that started. Yeah, this year. I don't know why. I'm, or was it last? No, I'm, this I'm year. still drunk from sweet beers. <laughs> that must be the issue. But uh, regardless, this is about where the Hawks are. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and 
as we've been discussing since the inception of CHGO Blackhawks, even before that, 60-minute efforts have been a problem. And as soon as they get out to a lead, they take their foot off the gas, especially against, air quotes, lesser opponents, because they feel like, well, you know, look at those banners up there. That's our team. You know, look at banner. Not anymore. No, that's it's. there's like three guys left from that team. So they can't let down, and when they let down, the other team gets back in it. And the second period was a great example. A better third, pretty even overtime, and a fluky goal goes in. And that is a game that is so frustrating because anytime there's a ceremony or special night, it feels like that team is likely to get off to a slow start because they're a little distracted, right? Mm-hmm. Their, their routine is off a little bit. They've got to be on the ice for these things. They've got to wait. They've got to wait. It affects both teams, but I think more so the home team that is throwing the celebration because Patrick Kane has to give flowers to Taves to give to his mom. <laughs> like, there's all these sort of – yeah. even there was something as small as as the Hawks took the ice, there was a little Blackhawks carpet right where the door was, and a bunch of guys, like, almost slipped on a carpet, so someone had to move it. There's just all these things that break the routine in the, in the normalcy, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but – it is like I mean, hockey players are player are creatures of habit. Oh yeah, and so I was encouraged by the strong start. They started off really good. There was so much energy in yeah. the building after the 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 ceremony and and this you know we'll talk about the you know everything that happened, but you know with all the all the the fanfare of celebrating Taze's thousandth game and the former players coming out, like there was such an energy in that building that. You know, you could see. Oh, okay. That they, it, it, they fed off it, and they got out to the hot start. And um, you would have hoped that that would have carried through the rest of the game, but really, it, it really only mattered in the first twenty minutes. I'd love to know why they think, or maybe why Derek King thinks that sixty-minute efforts have been a problem, because you can just say like, well, they're just not as talented, but they're as talented as Phoenix. They're as talented as. Buffalo, maybe they're comparable. Effort isn't talent, though. Right. That's. I think that's. I think that's what we're, what we're kind of seeing the difference in some of the players, um, down down this stretch of the season. We look at a Sam Lafferty. He's not the most talented guy, but he's going to give you his hundred percent effort every time, every game, every shift. Um, you know, I, I think there's a little bit of a of a of a difference um, between players who are maybe trying to get through the end of this season healthy and just kind of resting on their talent rather than going out and, and, and giving it all to, to kind of win some of these games that, you know, we say they don't matter, but they do to these guys. Right. At least you would hope, you know, to, to the whole team that they still matter. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, I think there, that's something that kind of comes down to the individual players, you know, are you really going to give it your all or are you going to take a night off on a on a Sunday against the Coyotes like you know I'm not saying that they did but you know it, it could creep into their mind yeah and it's disappointing you, you would think on a night like this they'd want to really come out strong and, and finish strong with it mm-hmm. that was a the thing they did come out strong and then second period starts and it's like a totally different game yeah it, it's you wouldn't believe it was the same game with the same opponent it's just completely flipped on its head and that is the key to unlocking, I think, this team being competitive because they're going to have to realize, look, we said this last show, they have to play for 60 minutes to, to win games. 
And until they figure that out, until they figure out that they're a grind away team instead of an outscore you team, Mm -hmm. they're going to keep having results like this. And part of it's coaching, part of it's leadership. It's all these things. But I think you look at the Blackhawks leadership and I don't think it's an intentional thing by any means, but the leadership is skilled, right? To bring it, Kane, Taves. These guys are guys who are used to going out and being able to outperform their opponents. Mm -hmm. The rest of the team is not like that. So they've just got to start grinding away these wins, play 60 minutes, finish checks, get the puck in deep, cycle the puck, get traffic in front and score. That's how they scored the tying goal. Traffic in front, Patrick Kane got a shot in from the point. That's it. That's what it takes. Dylan Strom's goal in the first was beautiful after a really nice shift from the Hawks to start the game. They had a couple nice shifts in a row. Then Strom gets the puck out in front right in the slot, and he shoots the puck, (laughs) and it goes in. It is such a simple game that when it gets to look like this, it becomes extra frustrating because you're like, damn it, just, just do the simple things that have always, throughout the history of the game, resulted in success. And it's something that they get away from game after game after game. And until they figure out that's what it's going to take to win, this is what it's going to look like. And it's really frustrating for fans. That was a packed house tonight. I don't know if it was sold out, but it was pretty damn close. Mm -hmm. To see them walk away with an overtime loss to the Coyotes, that's that's a tough pill to swallow. It's it's incredibly disappointing. And, you know, the the, the wins and losses, again, right now, that it it doesn't – it's, that's not the the end all be all for this team. It, it's it's the effort. It's the de, it's the development of you know who's going to be here longer term. You know who's going to be part of the rebuild. Who's going to be you know putting setting the tone for the future of the club. And an effort like like you saw tonight is is a little disappointing. And you know you really want to be able to have a game against the Coyotes where you can. You know, you can come out and you can have that full effort and you can say this is this is an effort that we can build upon. This is something that we can look at going into next season and say, hey, you know, this this was the kind of the kind of game that we put together where, you know, the the the, the little details made the bigger impact. And we haven't seen many of those games since um, the since the trade deadline. We haven't seen many of those games at all this season in, in general. So, you know, you see these small flashes of where, you know, the Blackhawks are kind of getting this new identity put together, um, you know, with a guy like Sam Lafferty, a guy like Taylor Radish, Borg Skachuk, these guys that were brought in um, that are starting to play a little bit of a different style than maybe we're, we're used to seeing in the last few iterations of, of this Blackhawks team. But this is a night where you, you, you want to be able to see some of that kind of come together and be like okay i i can see this i can watch this kind of hockey this right. kind of simple you know do the little things right kind of hockey and see where it's gonna go to if when they when they don't have the the overbearing talent that you know guys can that can that can just you know flip a switch we talked about it earlier this week these aren't the blackhawks that could just flip a switch and in 10 minutes of a 60 minute game just overpower their opponent whenever they wanted and put themselves ahead right so you want to be able to see the guys that are going to put put together games where you can point to it and say, this is the new identity of the team. They're going to outwork their opponents. They're going to simplify the game. You know, you, you want to be able to see it against an opponent like Arizona. And the outcome tonight is just, it's, it's just disappointing. And it's, you know, it just sucks. It's like, like we said, like, 
the game again, the, the fluky goal against Buffalo, and, and then the 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 goal tonight off of the off of Taze's skate. It's just like you just shake your head. Yeah, kind of though. Good result for the rebuild. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these, I mean the points start to fall they, a little bit. Yeah, if they you know if they owned their first 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 yeah. round pick this year, that would be a little bit better. But they don't even have that. Right. Unless it's the first or second overall pick, which not uh, not holding my breath for. I will say, I, I you know, if you've been following us on social media tonight, you'll see that the entire CHGO crew is out at the Hawks game tonight. And we had the opportunity to chat with Kyle Davidson and Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner. Uh, Mario and I spent, what, maybe 10 minutes with Danny Wirtz, just shooting the crap with him. Uh, I will say, I left those conversations very encouraged because they see it. Mm-hmm. They know the plan is sound. These guys understand what and gals and women and people. These people know what needs to happen for this team to take the next step. They're not delusional. Um, you know, they saw a game like tonight. It was, I think, it was one one when they came in. Maybe two. It to was one. during the second period. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the frustration was there, and the. But I will say they've got the patience. It seems, and um, you know, we've seen what Kyle Davison has done so far. With the moves he's made, he understands this team needs more competitors, more people that are willing to play the sort of game we're talking about them playing. Uh, It looks like Greg is ready to join us, so let's bring Greg in from the United Center right now. Greg Boyson out at the UC. Uh, Greg, I know you just uh, heard Derek King speak and some players speak postgame. What did we learn after this thrilling 3-2 overtime loss to the Arizona Coyotes? Hey, Greg, can you hear us? Yep. There he is. Greg, I don't know if you got me, if you heard my question. I just wanted to hear what Derek King had to say after the game. I'm sure Jonathan Taves, we saw some quotes uh, sneaking in from him as well. Uh, what are your takeaways from the post-game uh, press conferences? Well, um, you know, King said that uh, he feels like every day has been Groundhog Day lately. It's kind of the same story where first period, third period Blackhawks were the better team and then he said for whatever reason the team fell asleep stopped thinking during that second period and uh cost them the game uh a bad bounce in overtime as we saw uh you know Lankinen made four or five just ridiculous saves and then you know goes off of Taves to end the game and and not much you could do about that. But yeah, King, you know, it was, it was a somber mood. Jonathan Taves spoke to us even when he was talking about like his, his old teammates coming back. He was just, he was kind of, you know, hard to, to be excited about that after the way that game ended. Yeah, absolutely. And we should mention we've not yet. Uh, there was sort of a phantom high sticking call on Patrick Kane in overtime. And a couple of people asked, why can't they review it? Uh, the NHL, in their infinite wisdom, has determined that only double major high sticks can be reviewed. So unless the person bleeds, there's no need for review. Um, it would have been nice to see that reviewed because Patrick Kane did not high stick. And uh, anyway, it's in the past. The Hawks lose the game in overtime. Yeah, I, I couldn't really see it from the press box. Uh, whoever it was sold the hell out of it because, you know, he... he Zabruta filmed it back into the left real quick. So yeah. that's all I saw. So I figured it was a high stick. So I didn't. They didn't show any replays at, at the arena. Yeah, it was. It was very clearly. Pat, yeah, Patrick Kane lifting Shane Gossespierre's stick yeah. into his own face. Right, and they called it a high sticking on Patrick Kane. 
Well, Greg, one thing I want to ask you about, we haven't been able to get to this on the show yet, is you know the, the pregame ceremony where we saw everyone who ever served as alternate captain alongside Jonathan Taves made it out on the ice. So we saw Brent Seabrook. We saw Andrew Shaw. Obviously, Kane and DeBrinkett were there already. Patrick Sharp. We saw Patrick Sharp, Marion Hosa. It was just a cavalcade of Blackhawks legends. And I understand that Jonathan was surprised by that. He did not under, He did not know that all those guys were going to be there. Is that correct? Yeah, he didn't know. He said the only one he knew about was was uh, Shaw. Quote, he said, Shawzy can't keep a secret. So I knew he was going to be there. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, he had, Perfect. He had, yeah. Uh, I had, he had no idea, uh, Seabrook was going to be there. So that was a big surprise. He said he had a feeling sharp was going to be there, but otherwise he, he didn't know, um, you know, those guys are going to be there. He mentioned, you know, the, the great distance Marion Hosa had to travel to be here for this meant a lot to him, you know, called him his favorite ex line mate. And, uh, you know, even Corey Crawford wasn't on the ice for that ceremony, but he was in the building. They showed him up in the suite, hanging out with Adam Burrish. So. Um, you know, he, he talked a little bit about Corey Crawford and that they still talk to each other every so often now that uh, he stepped away from the game. So it was great to see those those guys. And, and Hosa got, you know, a, a huge ovation. Yeah. You guys were there for it. You know, it was a sold out crowd here tonight. It was a full house. You know, he got a huge ovation and he looked great. I, I, you should, they could have. Should have put him on the second line with Taze right there to start the game. I mean, he couldn't have done any worse than Dominic Kubelik. We know that. It's funny. Um, I, I feel like we're name dropping, but this is what happened tonight in, in the surreal <laughs> reality of the CHGO experience that we've all had so far is I was talking to Jamie Faulkner in the hallway of the suite and said, like, I couldn't believe the crowd pop that Hosa got. And she said, just being around Marion Hosa is a special thing. He's such a smart guy. He has this presence about him. And anytime he's around, people just like flock to him and love him. And I was surprised to see Hosa. Because the last we saw was the video of him in Tropical, wherever he was. And then you mentioned it, Greg. They show Hosa come out, and the crowd freaks out. People, like, the pop was as loud as it was for Jonathan Taves. Honest to God, people were so excited to see Hosa. And I, I can't wait to get to this topic this summer, because I know it's going to be something we get to at some point. Like, which numbers should be retired? That's the classic offseason show. But, man, the fan reaction to Hosa and just hearing the Blackhawks brass wax poetic about him she wasn't even here for when he played it's just it's unbelievable to see uh the reaction hosa got and man the impact that dude made in his time here on the fans and everybody in the organization is incredible yeah i mean he's he's the kind of player in the entire hit like modern history of chicago sports that you know we were talking about he's just someone that can just show up and immediately everyone just has has a, a story of you know falling in love with, with him as a player and you know he's the kind of guy that just came into the city and absolutely uh took over and and, and endeared himself and you know besides Taze and Kane it, it seems like everyone's favorite favorite players of the modern dynasty Marion Host is always one of them for for someone greatest free agent signing in Chicago sports history absolutely I don't know how you could argue that yeah uh Greg so who uh, you know that we, we we were talking about you know the the result tonight and how a game like this against, you know, the Arizona Coyotes, this is something that you would hope that the Blackhawks could, you know, use this as an opportunity to kind of set a little bit of a, of, a, of an identity with the team. Um, did, did Derek King after the game speak 
in in that kind of tone or anything. I know that he was pretty uh, pretty critical of the team following the loss uh, to the Sabers, where they blew the five uh, the four nothing lead. Um, was the was the mood kind of the same? Where it's you know this this shouldn't be a team that they should have this kind of performance against. He's yeah, a little bit. When he when talking about that second period, he he said he was fine with with the first period. He he liked. He was a little worried about you know traditionally when you have these pregame ceremonies, teams kind of come out flat. That wasn't the case. They scored right off the bat. They got the energy in the building, and then he said for whatever reason, but whether it's all the travel the teams had lately or just for whatever reason they stopped thinking in that second period. But then he he said that you know. As, as much as that bothered me or bothered him, he was just as equally pleased at how they responded and played in the third period. He, and he said they, they deserved better than what they got. Lincoln deserved better than what he got. But, you know, again, when you don't play a full 60 minutes, anybody can beat you. And just look at the roster that the Arizona Coyotes put out there tonight. They're missing guys with injuries, and, and they're, they're not exactly a, a, a stacked team to begin with. And then you lose, you know, they don't have their leading scorer in Clayton Keller, who had that nasty injury the other night. This is a team you got to beat on home ice. You can't, regardless of what you want to call your franchise rebuilding, these are the teams, these are the games you got to win. Home ice, sold out arena, the place, the energy, you guys were there. The energy, it felt like, you know, the old days again. You know, the anthem was loud. There was, there was, you know, when Strom scored that goal in the opening minute or so of the first period, man, this building was shaking. It was loud. And then it was just kind of, ugh. And, and so, you know, you, you can't do that. And, and this team, it keeps doing, this team keeps doing this. I mean, we've yeah. seen this mm-hmm. time and time again this season that they don't play three consecutive periods. And, you know, it just goes to prove. Even against a team in, in Arizona, the only team in the division with fewer points than them, you still can lose on home ice when you don't give it a full 60 minutes. And remember, the, the Coyotes are coming off a humiliating loss to the Ducks. Mm-hmm. They just got blown their, their doors blown off two days ago. And there was also, we're going to get to the Tyson Nash stuff, there's also the fallout of the embarrassing comments from their announcer. It's just... <laughs> All the things were there for the Hawks to win this game. And once again, they take their foot off the gas for 20 minutes and they end up with a loss. Maybe they deserve better. I don't know. Did they? I I don't know. I don't know if I can say they deserve better when they cannot play a complete game. And I guess you'd say the same thing about Arizona, right? They only played 40 minutes too. But I'm sorry, Greg, what'd you say? Is it Kevin Lincoln deserved better? I don't know. Yeah, if uh, yeah no doubt. Absolutely. Lincoln no doubt. deserved better for what he got. Um, yeah, that it's it's disheartening. And, and, and Lincoln met with the media after too. And you know he's trying to remain upbeat. And you know he was happy that they got the overtime. But you know, man, after that sequence where he made those three or four saves right before the penalty. Yeah, maybe the best sequence—not maybe the best sequence he's had this season. Yeah, you know, and then a few seconds later, you know, a bad bounce and it's in the back of your net. And I mean, that's that's hockey. It's it's a silly sport that we we love watching, but yeah, uh, if, Lincoln definitely deserved better. If there was ever a, a game where you know he he needs a, a bone thrown to him, mm-hmm. it's after that kind of sequence in overtime, keeping the keeping the the game alive and 
and then yeah, just to get that kind of fluky fluky goal against him, and you know suff- suffers another fluky goal to lose a game uh, against him. I mean that's I I can't imagine for even a, even for a, a guy like Kevin Lankinen who is so upbeat most of the time and 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 likable and just a, you know a, a nice a nice guy. Um, he's I I can't imagine the kind of season he's gone through and the you know kind of str- struggles yeah. he's trying to trying to you know play through down the stretch of the year. Greg, any nuggets or tidbits we should know before we get to our fourth start of the game? Um, really, the only non you know standard thing to come out of that press conference is uh, Derek King talked about switching up that Jonathan Taves line during the game, um, putting Sam Lafferty and um, Kirby Doc back on his wing. Uh, he had said Taze had been playing really good, but the guys on, that he started on the line tonight with were kind of just, uh, and that was Kubelik and Radish, and he said they were kind of just along for the ride. So he decided with somebody up there that deserved to play with Taves, and that was Lafferty and, and Doc. So, you know, there's a vote of confidence for Kirby Doc giving him a, an expanded role, giving him a, a, a promotion, so to speak, during during the game. And um, we just we're having a center ice marriage proposal going on right now, hey. if, if you hear the cheering awesome. behind me. But uh, they, they look happy from way up here. But anywho, um, yeah. It sounds like they said yes. The biggest cheer of the night. I would After hope Hosa, so. of course. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, no, Lafferty, Lafferty got up there, and he was, he, again, we've talked about him a lot. You've probably talked about him already before I even got on. He was very, he was very impressive, and, uh, you know, he made, he was noticeable the second he got up there. He was, he was getting up the ice. He was making space for his line mates. That's all you want from a guy like that. All right, Greg, we're going to let you go, but let's get to our fourth stars of the game. Uh, we usually go left to right, but Greg's not here, um, so <laughs> I'm left for now. Let's do, I'm going to give mine to Dylan Strom, who had a goal. He also had uh, five shots on goal. He won. <laughs> oh, you're moving Greg's head? <laughs> so am I picking it in there? Uh, all, right. <laughs> all right, good. Nice. Good, good, good. Nice. Uh, he also won. Uh, now my highlighting went away. Jeez, 57% of his face-offs. He was just very noticeable in this game, all over the place. Obviously started the game with a goal. Uh, but just was consistent, and and uh, you want to talk about guys working hard. Dylan Strom was working his ass off this entire game, so he gets my fourth star. Greg, <laughs> as we move your head around, all right, come on, move again. Sorry, Greg, just, put his head over his head. Just put me. Just put. There you go. Yeah, there put me over the <laughs> That's beautiful. Perfect. Oh, perfect. perfect. <laughs> Front and center. I love it. Yeah, I'm going to go with Alex DeBrinkett for my fourth star of the game. He had the assist on both both goals. Um, he was having an issue with his skates there in overtime, though. He kept falling, but he made yeah, a great play that. where yeah. he literally trips over the blue line, somehow gets up and still has the puck on his stick and, and creates a scoring chance. So uh, kind of a fun sequence there, but didn't didn't end the right way. But, you know, you, you, you score two goals and you assist on both of them, you get a four-star vote for me. I'm going to go with Kevin Lankinen. Uh, talked about him, you know, deserving better tonight. 32 saves on 35 shots. Um, you know, I, I can't, like I said, can't uh, imagine, you know, what he's, uh, what he's feeling throughout this season. It's definitely not been the season he, uh, he had envisioned. 
after having a, a breakout rookie year last year. But he kept them in this game, obviously kept them in the overtime period. Um, you know, we're not, I don't think we're really talking about a uh, – probably not talking about even an, an overtime game without him uh, and the effort he put in throughout throughout the night. So I'll go with Kevin Lankin. All right. Uh, you know what? Mario, you convinced me. I'm going to go with Lankin in too. Hey. His best game of the year, I think. Yeah. Yeah, works for me. Works for me. The kid, the kid, the kid was great. He did everything to give him a chance to win. They just couldn't bring it home for him. So I agree. Yeah. All right. So Kevin Lankinen, that's I think believe that's his first CHGO Blackhawks fourth star uh, victory of the year. So congratulations to Kevin. We'll get you a shirt in the mail. Yeah, Greg, <coughs> go home, get some rest. We appreciate all your contributions today. And we will see you Tuesday for our yep. next CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Thanks, man. Looking forward to it. Hope you guys enjoyed those wieners tonight. Oh, they oh, were fantastic. They were great. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. That's Greg Boyson from the United Center. Uh, thanks to him for joining us as always. By the way, new sponsor here on CHGO Blackhawks. I want to tell you about our buddy Kent Simpson of the Simpson Law Group. He played four years of Division II college hockey. And is in his own mind, he is now the leader of the Beer League hockey team called Old and In the Way. It's a bunch of lawyers. Uh, so Kent's a big hockey guy, huge Hawks fan, and we're happy he made the jump over from Madhouse to CHGO with us. And after over a decade of prosecuting homicide cases, as an assistant Cook County State's attorney, he opened his own firm over 20 years ago, specializing in all forms of injury cases. So if you've suffered an injury at work or you got hit by somebody's motorcycle or someone threw a baseball bat at your face, Anytime someone's negligence Ouch. results in your injury, you're going to want to get a hold of Ken Simpson and the Simpson Law Group. His firm's results speak for themselves with millions recovered for their clients, and they charge no fees unless they win for you. So call the Simpson Law Group, 312-332-2107. That consultation is free. That's 312-332-2107. Don't go off sides. Go top shelf. Call now or visit SimpsonLawGroup.com. That's S-I-N-S-O-N lawgroup.com. Say hi to Kent for us. And Kent, for those of you who did not listen to the Madhouse podcast before the switch, he was our uh, legal expert. And anytime, and we had a couple legal issues this year. Yeah, he some. is invaluable, and he will be part of this podcast from time to time as well. So make sure you check him out. SinsonLawgroup.com, 312-332-2107. That's a fantastic Hockey team name, by the way, Olden in the way. <laughs> yes, love that. Yeah. Uh, should we? Speaking of Olden in the way, should we get to the uh, comments from the Coyotes broadcast on? I believe it was Friday night. I think that's a good place to start. And uh, if you're active on social media in the hockey circles, you'll, you're familiar with this. This was Friday night's game. It is the Ducks and the Coyotes, and this is what Coyotes broadcaster Tyson Nash had to say after a scuffle. And this was also in the game where Trevor Zegers in the first period pulled off another lacrosse goal, which is starting to become his thing. Yeah. Um, obviously, one of the up-and-coming stars of the of the NHL, uh, one of the best young players the league has. And so, so the gist of of what Nash is saying, and, and is that you know these these skilled players they want to come in and skill it up, is what he That's says. That's the quote. Skill it up. Uh, you should be expected to be punched in the face for that because you're up, you know, his whole point is that they are up five, nothing in a game. You don't embarrass your opponent. You have respect for the game, which I say, if you have respect for the game, 
shouldn't you not be beating someone in the face just because they're better than you at hockey? Like, I understand fighting is part of the game, and we, and we this is an entire discussion that we could have for hours upon hours about fighting and, and whatnot. But it's a 5 nothing game. If you don't, if you don't want to feel like Trevor Zegers has embarrassed you, maybe learn how to defend a player behind the net. A yes. player whose MO is to try and do the lacrosse goal. Like, is, is that, is, am I missing something here? Is that, is that so hard to, to understand? Like, these are professional hockey players. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can understand if at the youth level you don't want to teach, you know, youth players to kind of, you know, embarrass another opponent by running up the score. I understand instilling that kind of mentality at the youth level, but we're at the professional level here. These guys have been doing this for, for many, 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 many years, and they're now doing it for many, 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 many dollars. Like, they're professionals. And if you don't want to feel embarrassed, you have to be able to play better. And it's, I don't think there's any excuse to be saying, well, this guy's really skilled, and I can't match that skill, so the best thing I can do is just put my fist in his mouth. Yeah. That shouldn't be the answer to him. This is my thing with not just hockey, but every sport. If you don't like it, stop it. If you don't want a bat flip, if you don't want a touchdown celebration, if you don't want a QB sack dance, don't throw a, a meatball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stop the touchdown. Don't let your quarterback get sacked, et cetera, et cetera. The point of hockey is to score goals. And because you're up doesn't mean you should stop trying to do that. I don't care. If Trevor Zegers embarrasses you, the embarrassment, you should be pissed at the team who allowed that to happen. Don't be pissed at the player for doing it. Trevor Zegers is here to make money. That is his job. This right. is his career. This is his job. And if he hits, who knows? Maybe he's got some performance bonuses in his contract, and you're up against the supposedly lowly Coyotes? Run it up. Right. Get three, get four, get five goals. Whatever you need to do, man. It's not playtime. This is not youth hockey. There's no slaughter rule. There's nothing like that. These are professionals. And if you can't stop it, that's on you and no one else. And no one deserves to be punched in the face for doing the exact point of the sport you're playing. That is absolutely ridiculous. Tyson Nash was a bum hockey player. He was a fourth liner. And look, a lot of those guys I have a ton of respect for because they're guys that learn how to play the game and they know what they need to do to stick in the league. And maybe Tyson Nash was that way. But he was a guy who had his share of dirty hits. He was a guy who had his share of incidents here and there. For him to say that is Bush League. And then he had a chance to clarify it today uh, on the PHNX uh, Coyote Show, our sister station in Phoenix. He was on with Craig Morgan and and he tried to clarify the comments, and it didn't I, go it didn't go much better. Uh, but go listen to the PHNX Coyotes podcast; it's really good. Uh, Craig Morgan has, is a dude who's been covering the Coyotes forever, mm -hmm. and is plugged into that team as good as well as anyone in the, any sport. Um, basically, what Tyson Nash did was say my my quote was taken out of context, then said the exact same thing again. He he doubles down <laughs> on his take that. You know, he says, oh, I'm all I'm all for skill. And I, I shouldn't have used the term skill it up. I should have said hot dogging. Same thing. And he he says, you know, what what people didn't see on the broadcast was the celebrations by the by the by the ducks and the smiling and the smirking. And it's like, dude, like they're out there trying to play, play hockey. They're playing a game. Yep. They're scoring goals. They're having fun playing a game. Weird. And. and 
and this whole point that he makes is like, oh, they're a team that lost 11 games in a row and they shouldn't be sell. Dude, if you lost 11 games in a row and then finally you're scoring goals, like you get a 5 nothing lead, uh, you're going to be happy. You're going to be, you know, have, enjoying it because obviously in the last 11 games you haven't had an opportunity to enjoy a lot. So it's it's really incredible to me how these these big you know these big hockey dudes can get so offended by other players having fun at their expense like that's like sport is you're gonna have a winner and a loser someone one or the two in in each sport unless you're playing soccer where they have draws but you know this is where the game is supposed to be fun trevor zegris should be and and troy terry too he he was you know on the receiving end of a uh, unwarranted beating from Jay Beagle. Um, Troy Terry and, and Trevor Zegers, like these young players, this is what the NHL needs. The NHL needs these players protect to, at all costs. to be protected and to be allowed to show off this skill. I mean, we saw it earlier this this season with uh, Zegers and, and Sonny Milano getting the, the alley-oop goal. The first thing that happened after everyone saw that goal, you know, and it blew up on social media, we're all freaking out. The next thing that happened after it was John Tortorella saying, I don't like it. These old and in the way, yes. old and in the way, Shut these, up. these, these people in hockey that just have this mentality that you have to, you have only, only grinder greasy goals are acceptable. No Michigan, no Michigan goals, no creativity, no fun. Don't celebrate. This is Don Cherry. This is John Tortorella having this platform to basically talk down the next generation of, of hockey players. And, and in, in Nash's defense that he uses, he's, he's says Patrick Kane you don't see Patrick Kane doing this in a five nothing game trying to goal hunt one of the biggest goals that Patrick Kane scored (laughs) well yeah of course (laughs) one of the most uh, like fantastic highlight real goals he ever scored was a spinorama goal against the Dallas Stars in the third period of a game that was seven to one yep imagine that like we like I don't understand how hockey can continually get in its own way. We have this generation of young players that are coming up that are exciting, that have this amazing skill. Like and and I, I really feel like there's a there's a generation of people in the sport, in the sports media and broadcasting, some that still played, some former players. There's just this generation that feels threatened that the game of hockey is not going to be what it used to be. Good. We, yes, that's good. We we you you know Scott Scott Stevens was a player that his like most of his highlights are hits that like make you in the back in the day you're like oh what a bone crushing hit. I don't know how many concussions he he probably laid out in his career, yep. but at the time he played, that's what was celebrated. What is to say that we can't evolve to a place where we're no longer celebrating the dudes who give out concussions and beat people in the face, and we can celebrate the best part of hockey, which is the skill. Guys like Patrick Kane, Trevor Zegras, uh, you know, just this this young generation that's going to come in and and take over the game. Well, why are we why are yeah. we talking down to this next generation that's going to elevate the game to where you know you can make hockey more marketable to people like the point Greg was making a couple nights ago hockey is marketed 
major uh, major to a majority of people who already like hockey. You yeah. have to go outside of that fan base to bring people in. And it's guys like McDavid and Zegris and Austin Matthews and these types of players that can bring those those people on the edge or from outside of the sport, bring them in and say, "Look at this crazy stuff that these guys can do." It's nuts. You don't you can't in in today's day and age, you cannot sell hockey by throwing out the by by promoting the hits and the fights, you can't. I'm not saying take it out of the game, but that can no longer be the focus. You have to shift this focus of the skill, the speed, and and these young stars. Don't talk down to this generation because you're going to lose the fans. No one's paying eighty five dollars a ticket to see Radko Gudis. I'm no. sorry, that's just not the reality. These star players like Zegers need to be protected. And here's the thing. Isn't this completely counter to like the whole tough guy mindset of like, well, you're beating us too badly, so you need to take it easy on us. What is that? What's more offensive, right? Trevor Zegers doing what he's supposed to do and score goals or him intentionally not scoring because of score. That to me is a is an opponent would be more insulting. Would be like him just opting not to shoot on a breakaway or making an extra pass because he doesn't want to run up the score. Mm-hmm. Screw that. Play your game. And it's up to us to stop you regardless of the score. The Coyotes should be mad at themselves. They shouldn't be mad at Trevor Zegers or, or Troy. It's ridiculous. It is the dumbest thing in the world. And for a tough guy like Tyson Nash to come out and say that, oh, you're going to hot dog it up or you're going to um, skill it up. And, and when you do that, deserve to be punched in the face. That is ridiculous. And the fact that so many of these types have voices in the game, Milbury, and yeah. Tortorella and Nash, and you go around and around and around. And you look at the broadcast teams of of other teams. My God, can we get in a can we get a, a, an opinion from this millennium? Honest to God, yeah. it's just ridiculous that anyone would say, "If you are skilled, you deserve to be punched." Go away, mm-hmm. go back under the rock, get back in your cave, and hand the game over to the stars of this game that will raise it up from the obscurity it's in right now. You know why the game's not popular? Because of the way it was marketed and talked about for the last 10, 15 years. The NHL was at its peak in the mid-90s and then just went downhill. We've talked about this before. This current generation of hockey players, starting with Kane and Taves and Crosby and Ovechkin and now evolving to McDavid and Dreisaitl and Matthews and Marner and Zegras and all these young star players, and you could throw Alex Dabrinkit in there, Offense is what is selling this game. Goals is what are selling this game. And to have broadcast voices push against that is so dumb. I understand. Tyson Nash has a rooting interest in the Coyotes. It's a hometown broadcast. Pat Foley would never say that. And he's the biggest homer there is. He wouldn't criticize Colorado for running it up on the Hawks. He would get on the Hawks for that. There's no one more old school or more homer than Pat Foley. Eddie Olchek the same way. He played in the 80s. He knows what the game was like. You would never hear Eddie Olchek say, oh, if you're going to skill it up against the Hawks, you're going to get punched in the face. That is the dumbest thought I've heard all year from a hockey voice. And that's saying something because dumb right. <laughs> thoughts come fast and furious from hockey voices, yeah. my own included. And I what what I think is encouraging is from what we saw when when the clip originally went went uh, went viral on social media is the amount of people that you know watch hockey and and that are you know some of them prominent in in the hockey world speaking out and saying hey this is kind of stupid to say and I think 
what we're getting to a point is that these kinds of, you know, these, these kinds of outlooks on the game are not what the majority of, of people are, are into these days. And, mm-hmm. and, and even, you know, even tonight with, uh, with, with his rebuttal or whatever he wants to call it, yeah. adding more context to his take, basically just doubling down on it. We're seeing that again, people are coming to the, to the clip and coming to the, the podcast clip with, uh, with, with, uh, phnx and and they're coming to it and seeing hey uh he's not helping himself with this so i i think it's good to see that the the fan base of of hockey as 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 a collective is hearing this and seeing this and what we're seeing is people saying hey this is not this isn't it buddy like this this isn't the way to go so at least it's encouraging to see that it's just like there the the fan base is out there and and the fan base knows you know what the next generation is going to be was is going to be sold on and it's not this kind of mentality where you know you you have to punish the good players for being good like it's it's just it's it's a clueless it's a clueless take it's it's really dumb and it's really frustrating and hockey fans from whatever team you root for hawks coyotes whatever um should want more from the league and should want more from the people that represent the league hey the best way to support chgo is to download the points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free dope shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at points bet. If you have any questions about that, email pointsbet at all chgo, and we'll help you out. Pointsbet is your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing Pointsbet's new feature, live college basketball same-game parlay. Going to want to use that tomorrow mm-hmm. for the first time ever. You can build the perfect live same-game parlay only with Pointsbet. And if you want more, you can also boost your live same-game parlays. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with Pointsbet. And now. <laughs> Online sign-up is available in Illinois, so you can download the app and register from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. These um, were almost <coughs> right? choking to death on, on here. It's all right. <coughs> uh, yeah. I'm good. We're good. No, you're fine. You're right? <laughs> I'm alive. You need a mouth-to-mouth? No. Yeah. No, I'm good. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, no worries. Um, so we got some Hawks news to get you to. Um, Chris Vosters has been named Pat Foley's replacement, which was rumored. I think Jeff Agris from the Sun-Times had it a while ago. Yep. Uh, and it's, so it's no surprise he's going to be the guy who replaces Pat Foley. Uh, but buried in that press release, some really good news. Pat Foley and Dale Talon will be together again. <laughs> What is that next Sunday? Reunited. Uh, that is going to be, I was just looking for it, uh, I believe. It is the, April 10th. Yes. So, yeah, next Sunday, April 10th, Pat Foley and Dale Talon and the game against Dallas will be on the call. Still to this day, my favorite broadcast tandem because mm-hmm. Eddie O is the best an analyst in terms of color guys I've seen yep. in Chicago. But the chemistry 
that Patton Dale had, especially in those lean years when the Hawks were real bad and you just didn't have a ton to talk about. Kind of like tonight, where there's just not a ton of the game to break down. Yeah. Um, because it is what it is. It's two bad teams playing, and Jeez. somebody won and somebody lost. There you go. Yeah. Um, it's going to be great to hear Patton Dale together. I, I cannot wait for that. But look, well, the, and, and, sorry. Well, and part of that, you know, broadcast schedule that the uh, that the team put out there, um, Pat Foley and Dale Talon, you said on on April tenth. Pat Foley's final three games will be April tenth against Dallas, April twelfth against LA, and then April fourteenth against San Jose, and that's it. That's it. He's wow. he's done on April fourteenth. The games uh, to close the season will primarily be Chris Vosters and Eddie Olchek for five of the final seven games. That will be broadcast wow. on NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, the April 25th game is an ESPN Plus game. The other two games will be Vosters and Colby Cohen. That is April 23rd. And then Vosters and Kaylee Chelios will have the uh, the home finale of the season on April 29th. So I would have expected Foley to maybe do that game on the on the 20, or 27th. Rather. Yeah. I would have expected him to do the, the last home game of the season. But uh, it, it appears April 14th. Uh, against San Jose, that'll be the final broadcast for uh, for Pat Foley. Hopefully there's some sort of, maybe the reason they're not is because they have some sort of ceremony planned. Because we haven't heard much about a Pat Foley celebration, and maybe that happens next season or whatever it is, but I'm interested to see what they're going to do for him. He, he, I mean, they've, they've kind of been doing a little bit of the, like, stretching it out yeah. on, some of the, on some of the broadcasts you know, the remembering his best calls and stuff. I think before today's game, um, I'm not sure if, uh, if, if you were able to catch it. I, I, I didn't catch it. But before today's game on the pregame, I think uh, Eddie Olchek interviewed Foley about his, okay. you know, this being his final year and, and deciding, you know, that to, to retire and whatnot. So they did have a little bit of that. I'm, I'm assuming more of that will be coming. But, yeah, maybe that April 14th game is um, – Another another day to have a some sort of ceremony or celebration of, of Foley's career or whatnot. But again, I'm I'm, I'm surprised he's not going to get the final game at the United Center. It's going to be really weird to not have Pat Foley on Blackhawks calls anymore. It's just such a you know it, it, they're so synonymous. It's ever since I've been a Hawks fan, Pat Foley's been on the call. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be bizarre to just not have those highlights with him on there anymore screaming the goalie's name from Bannerman to Belfort to Crawford and so on. And, you know, it's, I don't know, it's going to feel very strange. It hasn't really hit me that he's not going to be part of things anymore. It's going to be very strange. I know they've sort of obviously eased us into it this season, but (laughs) I mean, they've eased, they've eased the fans into it, but it has not been recepted. Well, no, well received. Well, no, it has not, but you knew that was going to be an issue, right? Like you knew that people were not going to, totally be on board with a new crew right they never are people don't like change um and look i, I don't like the pet Foley's going either obviously i mean I, I would like him to be the voice of the hawks forever but it's just um it is what it is and it's going to take some some definite getting used to it. and i hope people give vosters a chance look whoever got this job has impossible shoes to fill uh, yeah it's a thankless task it is and i think one of my criticisms and and I think Mario, we we discussed this on and off the air. He doesn't really have a Hawks centric call, and so many broadcasters now are trained to be neutral, right? And he's done a lot of work on other national networks where he is supposed to be neutral. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see 
a guy this young sort of adjust into um, into a more, I don't want to say homerish role, because I think those days are kind of gone, like the Hawk Harrelson types, the Pat Foley types, the Harry Carey types. That's from a generation past. But you do want to have, we noticed the other night, like, I think Lincoln had made a huge save, and it was kind of a... Delia. Delia right, yeah. it was a Delia game. That's right. Delia made a huge save, and it was kind of a underreaction on the save. Mm-hmm. He's got to learn to put more emphasis on the home calls and less emphasis on the road calls, and he will. I'm confident he will. It's a big adjustment. It's not easy to do. Um, so I have faith in him. He's a very good broadcaster, knows how to call the game. Mm-hmm. I just hope people give him a chance because, like I said, they're impossible shoes to fill, so don't expect him to. He's not going to be able to. And he would tell you that, too. He's like, I'm, I, I, there's no way I, I can replace Pat Foley. But just be open-minded and give him a chance. I think that's that's fair. Yeah, I, I think what what we saw in the most the, the two most recent games that he did is that he can de- he definitely can call the game well. Um, but yeah, I think it's 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 getting that kind of connection to the Blackhawks and getting that, you know, getting that to come out in the broadcast is is what's going to be important. There's you know there's there's a way to be a homer without being the like like you like you mentioned like a Hawk Harrelson or a Harry Carrier or you know those kinds of homers where it becomes you know if you're if you, if you're if you're the opposing team watching the home broadcast you know where it's like nauseating, like a, watching a Bruins game. Like it's oh, nauseating Lord. the hom- homerness. But there needs to be a little bit more of the like being able to tell the difference between, oh, am I watching the national broadcast or am I watching the Hawks broadcast? Like that's, I think that's something that can develop over time for him, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it will. Um, yeah, I mean he's 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 a talent. He's talented at at, at calling the game. Um, I think he's I think he's going to do well, and I, I I hope the fans can give him um, some 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 deserved, you know, leeway, uh, with, uh, with having to, to replace Foley. Um, no, no real update on Eddie Olchek's role going into yeah. next season because his, you know, his contract with NBC Chicago, as far as I understand is expiring at the end of this year. Um, I think what we know is that I think he's in the works to come back again, but we know that he's also still doing the, uh, the NHL on TNT broadcasts. You know he's been, uh, you know they, they've they've had different play-by-play people come in. Colby Cohen, Kaylee Chelios uh, have have done some games. Um, so I, I I wonder if Olchek will be, you know, if there will be kind of a a rotation with him in the next few yeah. years, or if he's you know just going to come back and keep doing what he's been doing. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what they do. I think it probably would would benefit. Uh, Vosters to have a guy like Olchek along with him, of course, not yes. only to help him professionally and 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 with the with uh, with the calls of the game, but to also have you know still have a familiar voice for the broadcast for the fan experience of 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 watching the games that way. So we'll see what happens with that. One more thing about Foley, and, and you mentioned kind of the homerism. I think Foley was the perfect homer because he was never easy on the Hawks. And he would never call them out. He, yeah, he'd call them out and he would never really lie in their favor, right? Like if there's a bad call one way or another, he's going to say so. It's just that the emphasis on the calls in favor of the Hawks were always more intense and more favorable. That's what I mean. I don't want to hear a guy trying to sell that the Hawks are playing great when they look like ass for 60 minutes. Right. That's not the sort of homer we're talking about. We're talking about someone who's going to make a a favorable home call at favorable home minutes, but call it like he sees it. 
and let people know what's happening on the ice. And, and Foley had those sort of, uh, you know, he's the made man. He had carte blanche to say what he wanted, which is what the fans want from their announcers, right? They don't want sugarcoating. They want to know what's happening. They want to know the truth. They want to hear what the announcers think for real, not what not what the team wants them to say. Yeah. And that's what made Foley so great was he had the perfect balance of Homer and critical, and you knew what he was saying was how he really felt. And sometimes he would sort of speak between the lines. But if you learned how to listen to Pat Foley, which we all did because he's been here forever, you knew what he was saying. Yeah. You know, if there were things he couldn't flat out say, you could tell in the tone, like, will there be a retrieval? That's the thing he says a lot when the Hawks dump the puck in. Will there be a retrieval? Nope, not this time. That's him frustrated with the Hawks not skating hard enough or winning board battles. He had his way to be critical. And look, sometimes he would just flat out say it. Yeah. The Hawks are bad or Alexander Karpatsev sucks <laughs> or whatever it would be. Glad he's gone. And yeah, that's yeah. why Hawks fans love Pat Foley. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. And, and yeah, I mean, you know, the, the chemistry that was built up between him and Eddie Olchek was probably some of the best um, on, on any broadcast across the league. And that's something that, that takes time to develop. And then it, it's something that obviously connected with, um, you know, connected with Hawks fans over the years. And, and they're one of the few teams, t- few, few broadcast teams that could probably go off on a five minute tangent about, you know, someone that they know from, from Northbrook or something like that. And just everyone is just fine with it. They're like, Oh, okay. They're just talking about their friends. Like, that's cool. We're just going to watch the game and they'll have their chat and make their inside jokes. And it's fine. Like, I think that that's part of what made them as a tandem and what made Pat Foley great was to be able to not only, you know, connect with fans through doing the game, but also to connect with, you know, fans through through telling stories through giving random shout outs to to people who are you know watching a game at a bar or you know oh you know someone's going through a a health situation want to keep them in their thought in their thoughts and stuff like that so it's just you know that that kind of connection with the fan base that fully had over the years to make it more personal rather than just being the broadcast guy um it's it's something special and it's something that you know you don't really see uh, replicated with with many broadcasters. You're going to tell us about Strava Coffee in a minute. I will. Um, but I not to not to get morbid, but you, you mentioned it when when my sister passed away a few years ago. Um, one of I don't know if I can call it a fond memory, but one of my memories was Pat Foley on the broadcast sending condolences to the family, and you know the screenshot of the lights up in the rafters, and our thoughts are with the Zawaski family. Like that's. The, that guy is the reason I got into broadcasting because I wanted to be Pat Foley, which I never will be. <laughs> but to hear that voice uh, say something that meaningful, uh, that is something I'll never forget. And, um, you know, it's it just – I hadn't even thought about that in a long time. And But when you said it, like sending out personal wishes to people who are struggling and, look, you heard his, his sincerity when he would talk about – Eddie Olchek struggles and what Troy Murray's going through right now and, and everything like that, there's a sincerity there. And, you know, when you're part of an organization for so long, it becomes like family, and that's what Foley has. And, and hopefully Chris Fosters feels that same sort of family feel after a few years in the role, and, and hopefully uh, fans can will embrace him with open arms and, and just give him a chance. You know, it's not saying that you have to say he's great just because he has the job, but I think there's a certain portion of fans that just – will not welcome because he's someone new and he's someone young and he's unfamiliar and screw that guy. Right. Just right. have an open mind and, 
be critical where it's deserved, but but be fair. I think that I think that's all Chris Foster's if he was here would ask for. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I'm pretty sure you know that the 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 team is is obviously behind him. The broadcast team and 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 the Blackhawks are uh, you know gonna gonna give him their support. And yeah, I think like you said, I, I think the best best that we can do as as you know people who consume the broadcast um, is to is to be fair. And if you know if 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 truly Chris Vosters is terrible at, at it, then you know he'll we'll we'll know. But if if people are just going to be hard on him just to be hard on him because he's not Pat Foley, it's it's, it's not fair. And, I, and like I said, I think he's going to be just fine. It'll just take some time. So yep. we'll see. We'll see how he does. But yeah, it's official that he will be the uh, the new play by TV play by play voice of the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Hey, do you want to start your day with a competitive edge? Yes. Then look to Strava CBD Coffee. It is a game changer, and it has helped thousands of people to improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh-roasted specialty coffee infused with organic, broad-spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you feel alert and focused without the jitters, live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains, plus including CBD into your daily routine can even help you enjoy more restful sleep so you wake up feeling your best. The best part, Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh, and shipped straight to your door. And CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase when you use the code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use the code CHGO25 at checkout. Already love Strava Coffee? Subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. With Strava, you're in control. Save on your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedule. I do have some coffee here getting me through the uh, the late night here, but it is not Strava. I would uh, I would say that Greg, upgrade. Greg ha- I do need to upgrade. Greg has said that he's used the Strava coffee with the CBD infused in it and is really enjoying it. Uh, were you able to, to test it yet? Uh, mine is on the way. On the way. It I, is being I shipped. I the, believe mine is on the way as well. The first day I brought it home, I wasn't aware that it was a decaf coffee. I had it in my morning with the CBD. I was like, all right, let's roll. It was a day I wasn't going to work, and it ended up being a, a very more low-key. <laughs> <Yeah. event. laughs> I, I, I expected. Yeah. I'm on board. I understand yeah. what it is now. I've heard you read about it. So mm-hmm. awesome. here we go. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that, you know, as, as I get older, the uh, the aches and the pains and, and whatnot, the years of playing football and hockey are definitely starting to catch up to me. And uh, I, I, I to be honest, I've, I've never really uh, dabbled into the CBD world, but it is something that I am uh, I have interested in. Often. <laughs> Very many, many times. And I cannot wait for the Strava to arrive. All right, that's going to wrap up this episode of the show. We'll be back on Tuesday. We've got Monday off. We'll be back on Tuesday for a uh, remote broadcast, but we'll be live. We'll be back Wednesday, Thursday. We're, we're going to be here, but we Thursday, got Monday off. Thursday, Seattle Kraken in town. The Kraken. Cannot wait. All right. We are presented, as always, by PointsBet. Support us. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up, and you'll get up to $2,000 in risk-free bets. Up to two risk-free bets. Up to $2,000. So, again, Points bet. Look at that pointing job by Mario. That is outstanding. Points bet code CHGO. Live your bet life with points bet. For my partner Mario, for Greg, who is headed home, I'm Jay Zawoski. Thanks for listening to the CHGO 
Blackhawks podcast. Talk to you next time.